This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. Today's episode is entitled, The Referrable Speech. If you tuned in last week, you'll be excited to hear the conclusion of Beth Ziesness's interview today. She'll dish on the precise types of events you need to be looking for in super association groups to get more business. But wait, there's more. No, we're not just going to turn you loose on super associations because we want to ensure you'll have a strong referable talk when you speak to those groups and any client for that matter. Andrew Davis, 2020 Influence Mainstage Speaker, is back in the VOE studio to tell you how he turned one gig into half a million dollars in spinoff. It's going to be a tactic-filled episode. Are you ready? Let's get started. I'm going to give you another kind of secret area that's associations of associations. Ooh, secret. Is that national associations have chapters and almost all of them bring them in for a chapter leadership program mm. so there again you've got a national organization of uh i keep going to realtors just because it's on my brain right of realtors or what have you and they bring in all of their chapter leaders and sometimes their leadership teams the presidents mm. and things like that to get education about running an association They'll bring them in. They'll treat them because these guys work really hard. And so it's kind of a treat. And a lot of times they have a leadership program. And a lot of times you can get paid for being there. And again, you're in front of 30 state organizations who hire people like you. Wow. So it sounds to me like this is actually some of the most important speaking engagements you can do because the ability to have spinoff from it is next level from many of the corporate gigs that some of the other members of NSA might be currently getting. Yeah, I I consider sometimes I talk about a one-off where I've kind of drilled down so far that I'm going to get some spinoff maybe because remember committees Mm -hmm. put together association panels. So a lot of times you have leaders and committees who are in the audience but I call it a one-off, meaning I'm really not going to spend very much off of this because it's if you draw back, I got it from this and I got it from that, and then I end up speaking for the state and kind of ending there. Do we have time for one more thing to talk about Meeting Planners International? We always have time to talk about Meeting Planners. Oh, So here's the thing. You've got two schools of thought here. You've got people who come in and say, I'm going to get in in the MPI, and there are going to be 50 meeting planners in the room they're all going to hire me I'm never going to be hungry again and you're like that's not the case meeting planners are not necessarily the final decision makers what they I know (laughs) they manage the programs and Mm -hmm. sometimes they source the education but a lot of times they're just carrying out and putting together the entire show which is very complicated Mm. and so when you go to an MPI you get more MPIs, and they pay not very much. They will pay, but not very much, and they want you to not 
charge them. Right. Because, and they will say, oh, you're going to be in front of everybody. Well, I'm always in front of everybody. Right. And that doesn't get me money. But the cumulative effect of doing a lot of MPIs Mm -hmm. is that they've seen you, and they've seen you, and they've seen you, and then they're like, you know what? I think it's time for me to talk up the chain and talk uh, parallel to the chain and bring her in. Okay. So I found the cumulative effect works, but a one-off MPI, a one-off association management or association of associations, Mm -hmm. that will get you gigs, but a one-off MPI will not get you gigs. That's great information to know. Beth, thank you so much for sharing all of your information, insights, and wisdom about uh, super associations. Well, thank you again. We look forward to having you in the future. You may be ready to start prospecting super associations, but hold your horses for one minute. Our next guest will share how you can ensure your talk is referable. On this segment of Voices of Experience, we have Andrew Davis. Now, from one gig that Andrew did seven years ago, he has generated over a half a million dollars in revenue due to referrals. In addition to that, 93% of the gigs that he won last year were from referrals. So who better is there to speak to us about the referable speech? Thanks so much for joining us, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Crystal. This is fun. Half a million dollars from one talk. What did did you throw money at the audience? <laughs> no, no. You know, I spent a lot of time trying to get to uh, like a speech that was that referable. Um, if that makes any sense, like the goal for me is always can I can I actually tell if my speech is referable? So I don't care what the audience says. I don't care if the event organizer loved the session. I I mean I do. If you're listening, event organizers. Um, I don't really even really care what the audience feedback forms say. What, the only way I gauge the success of a speech is how many people within 72 hours invite me to speak at another event. 72 hours. Okay, so while we're talking numbers here, here's a question. Because most of us speakers obviously want referrals. That's one of the best ways to get new business. But how many referrals would you say that we should aim to get from a single talk? Is there a number we should look for? Does it depend on the size of the event? Give us some outline on this, please. Yeah, sure. Well, I've been tracking these numbers since 2013. So, uh, and this is my personal experience. So uh, I, I don't know, chalk it up to that. But for me, I can tell you that I need three referrals from every event. Uh, and I actually need to lose about half of those because I'm too expensive to keep my price uh, like in line with what the market will bear. So like my goal is always to get three stage side leads. That's what I call them um, after every event and then ensure that when I'm negotiating with each of those stage side leads that I'm pricing myself appropriately. For example, if I win all three of those leads, I know that I price myself too low given how high my demand is in that specific market. And understanding the market is a key piece of this. Like you need to really understand how your referral tree grows because I'm, I'm sure this happens to lots of speakers listening and maybe even to you crystal you know like if you speak in front of you know the the uh, balloon animal convention and all of a sudden you get invited to speak at three other balloon animal events or event companies like you need to be aware that you should be increasing your fee with each of those referrals to ensure that you're maximizing your return on investment for those referrals 
You mean I don't give the balloon animals a discount because more of them want me? I don't. I don't give them the balloon. <laughs> no. Look, the, here's the thing about, uh, especially you know, building a, a speaker business and understanding how fees work. Like the, the, the speaker business is just like every other economic model in the world. Like demand determines your fee. If no one wants you to come speak, if you're getting zero inquiries for speaking, then no matter what you think you're worth, the market's telling you you're not worth that. <laughs> um, so that means maybe you need, I feel bad about that. If you're listening and you don't have any demand, here's what you need to do. You need to go out right now and, t and speak as often as you can. And the only thing you need is referral. So if your speech isn't working, you need to revise it. You need to think about the elements that are lacking. Like uh, in my research, I found that you need like a signature bit. You need to be able to deliver it reliably. You need to have like create an actual experience for your audience. You need to really understand their fractal, I call it, but their little niche and how exactly you fit in there. These are the things that are really important to event organizers. And these are the things that actually determine your fee. So if you get out there and start getting referrals, that's when you have demand and now you can start charging something and then hopefully more and more over time. And, and just to go back to that first number, Crystal, that $500,000 from one gig used that exact model. I, I call it the power of compounding gigs, but it, it was one gig that resulted in three stage side leads. All three of those resulted in more leads. I lost some of those. I won some of those. And you can actually build a little tree from it. You can actually see how the fee keeps increasing. And at the end of it, you know, I did like 36 gigs over the course of, you know, five or six or seven years that total up the $500,000. But the first gig I did for $2,500. Wow. Okay. So with that having been said, are there elements? We're all sold. Let me just say that first off, we're all sold. Okay. <laughs> we need to include in our speech that will be more likely to trigger spinoff. So are there one to two things that we need to include in our speeches to trigger more referrals? Well, I think, um, I don't know if they're little things, but uh, you know, uh, uh, like I call it the entertainment factor, but the, uh, on the entertainment factor, it's the one that you have most control over when you're on the stage and you definitely need a signature bit. Like a signature bit to me is defined as the, the one section, five or six minutes of the speech that people remember and talk about and tell other people about. That's the key to a referral, right? If your whole speech is great, but there's not one thing where they say, oh my gosh, you've got to see her X, Y, and Z, or you've got to hear her X, Y, and Z. The way she tells it is hilarious. Let me try tell it to you. That's the signature bit. And that's what actually helps fuel those referrals. Um, there's another thing I think everybody should try and do. It's to create a physical line after you speak, like a line to talk to you. <laughs> um, I know that sounds weird, but you can increase the, the number of referrals you get if you get like-minded people together in a line where they start talking to each other because it provides validation. And a lot, I've actually stood and, you know, it, it ha had a line in front of me and I've listened as people have said, you know, I didn't even consider, uh, you know, inviting you until the person in front of me was saying, you know what, I'm thinking about having them speak at my company. But now that we're here and we both, we're both from similar companies. I'm like, man, that, that's a great idea. I didn't even think of it. I was just going to say hi. Like that kind of, uh, you know, um, physical interaction makes a huge difference. Um, and I'll, I'll give you one last one. Um, 
I think the la- the last one is that y- that you really need to focus on building an experience that isn't just about what you do on stage. It, it you have to remember that you're here in service of the event organizer first, and then the audience when you get there. And I think too many speakers kind of neglect the relationship and the things they can do to be easy to work with. And referability when it comes to ease of doing business with is huge. I've actually heard event organizers say, you know, I wanted to, to hire, uh, you know, person A, B, and C, uh, but, you know, I had a real hard time negotiating with them or I never could get them on the phone or, you know, basically they're telling me you're our second choice, <laughs> but you're easy to deal with and we want to sign you up. And like, that's the easiest thing you can do to transform the reliability, uh, sorry, the referability of your speech. You know what's powerful about that? I I hadn't really thought about that, but Andrew, it's so true. I actually had a client hire me to come back years later because I basically um, took care of a huge issue they had in their office they messed up on. I basically carried the talk when they didn't think it would be able to be pulled off for their That's awesome. And so they literally were like, oh, you're great. But we just remembered what you did for us, and we just knew we had to bring you back. So the the stage was second. So I that's so so true. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really important to be able to. I call it demonstrate your speaking expertise, and your speaking expertise isn't about what you do on the stage. That to me is the entertainment factor. Your speaking expertise is how professional are you when it comes to the business of speaking? Do you treat it like a business, or are you a consultant who happens to speak? If you're a speaker who happens to consult, that's very different. I'm an event organizer. I need a speaker first. So positioning yourself and then presenting yourself and acting like a professional, which is exactly what you did, is what really shapes people's minds. Because it's, you know, look, the meeting planning world is actually a very small world, especially when you're talking about those little fractals, those niches that you penetrate. They all talk to each other. And when they say, hey, have you had Andrew Davis or if you have Crystal Washington before and someone says, oh, I had them. They were so hard to deal with. Oh my gosh, I can't. Then you're, you know, they don't want to deal with that. Um, So making it easy makes your referability just go through the roof. Oh, man. So now I'm going to have to stop putting the fact that I need them to provide Afro Sheen in my contract. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, look, I have some weird stuff in my contract, too. Like I'm I'm allergic to peanuts, um, like deathly allergic. And I certainly don't want to ruin their event because I died, you know, at at breakfast. Um, So it's not it's not that you can't be. you can't have specific needs and requests. It's how you handle those requests and how professionally they're delivered and negotiated with the client that make all the difference. It's, they want the best for the audience too. But if you, you know, if you just send along a contract and you know, you're, you just are trying to get the sale and then you're not really that accessible and you just have a list of demands with no, that's when I think that they have a hard time dealing with it. And the caveat to all of this, if you stop listening already, you're missing the biggest caveat. The caveat to all of this is if you're unbelievably famous, like if you're Ellen DeGeneres or you're, you're Magic Johnson, like you can ask for whatever you want. They're going to do whatever you want. But most of us <laughs> aren't that famous. I call that worldly fame. We're not that worldly famous. And we have to, you know, be humble and treat every experience we have with any meeting planner as a true opportunity to build a real relationship and, and help grow both of our businesses. Andrew, I think that we can leave on that note. Meanwhile, I have to run and cancel the nut and fruit basket I was about to send to you <laughs> <laughs> on Voices of Experience. 
Remember, sign up to attend NSA's annual conference, Influence Today, to hear more from Andrew. Just go to nsaspeaker.org and click on the events tab. Easy peasy. VOE is brought to you by... Let me ask you something. Are you sick of the ebb and flow of revenue in your business? Are you tired of not having a process you can prioritize every day that guarantees results and scalability? What about all of the technology that's not working for you? SpeakerFlow is the only company geared towards helping speakers achieve predictable revenue by leveraging technology to get organized, get known, and get paid. Whether it's our CRM, consulting, or our mansion retreats, we've got you covered. Stop by speakerflow.com to schedule a free discovery call today. You know, members of NSA enjoy many benefits. Let's learn about one of our most important legacies and member benefits. Today on Voices of Experience, we have Jim Pansero. Jim is a CSP and a CPAE. He's also a fellow Texan, and he will be the new chair of the NSA Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about the NSA Foundation, Jim? Well, it's such an honor to be here. The NSA Foundation is a foundation of our members. It's taken their funds. Back in the early 1970s, we had a CPAE member who talked on insurance, was an insurance executive, and he lived into his, he and his wife lived into their 90s, and they outlived their money, though they had a lot of insurance. So 10 members, 10 other CPAEs got together and each sent him a $1,000 check to help him out. Now in today's dollar, that's about, instead of $10,000 in the early 70s, that's mm-hmm. about $50,000 today that they sent to help this, this, this individual out. Wow. It helped. And when he passed away, his wife sent a check back for $10,000. Mm-hmm. The members decided instead of taking the money back, let's just sit on it till the next crisis somebody's going to have. And that became the seed of the NSA Foundation. 1980s and 90s, uh, Nito Cobain really stepped up and raised millions of dollars to raise the fund to what it is today. Okay. I am the chair, or I have been the chair for the last four years. There'll be a new chair by the time this publishes of the Professional Speakers Benefit Fund. And the Professional Speakers Benefit Fund is a committee that helps members who are experiencing personal crises outside their home. Each year, our committee and the, the committee members serve in secret so that they can't be lobbied in the most fairness of the application of the funds. Mm-hmm. And we help 12 to 20 people every year. Uh, last year, we distributed $250,000 in funds directly to speakers that were having crises outside their control, cancers, car wrecks, uh, dealing with some Alzheimer dementia issues, just these personal crises of speakers right. and what they're experiencing. This is help for our members. If you're an NSA member and listen to this and you're having cri- personal crises outside your control, nobody in NSA received a check when 9-11 hit. This isn't mm. for supporting business. Okay. But if you're having a personal challenge that's preventing you from maintaining your life and your business, mm-hmm. this is what the fund is for. If you've been a member of NSA at least three years and are experiencing this crisis, we can help you. It's a confidential process. Nobody needs to know. We want to help you get back on your feet. 
Well, Jim, what if you're a member who's not a part or who's not going through a personal crisis right now? How can they be a part of this? Well, I think the most important thing is this is the foundation of our members and we own it. We, it is our funds that we have given. And I would ask you, what are you doing to help the others? We're all independent business people. So there's going to be a time in most people's careers where they need some help. Mm. And the goal is these funds are there. It's not my money I'm distributing or the members of the committee. This is funds that our members have given. So on one side, we can say, well, we have a foundation of about four and a half million dollars. Mm -hmm. We gave away $250,000 to members indeed last year. We could talk about how strong a foundation we have. Mm -hmm. But if we had more, we could do so much more. We help people maybe with $10,000 that are experiencing crises where they can't pay their bills. Mm -hmm. If we gave them $30,000, it still wouldn't be enough. Mm -hmm. We ask members, this is the time to step up and help us. We're working to grow the foundation so we can just have more impact for more people that are experiencing crises outside their home, outside their lives. How do we give? Uh, one of the ways to give is decide how many subscriptions do you have normally that you pay for 100 or $200 for all the different electronic and websites and stuff we're on. Consider having it as a regular setup to NSA that you give on a regular basis. Some people will donate one speech a year mm-hmm. and the funds from one speech they'll give. Some people, if the customer asks for a discount and they, it's just a few dollars compared to what they normally give, they'll right. say, well, I'll do it, but I want the check made out to the foundation. The goal is we're trying to help others in need we sure would like your help. I'm sure everyone listening would love to be a part of this effort. Is there a way to give on the website itself? On the NSA website as well as you can just send an, a check into NSA and say it's to the attention of the foundation. Uh, we're also working and hopefully by the time you hear this there's even stronger things on the website because we're looking to expand that okay. to make it easier to, for you to help our fellow members. We need your help. Jim, thank you so much for visiting with us today, and thank you for informing us about the wonderful work that's going on at NSA Foundation. It's an honor to be here. To discover more about the NSA Foundation, visit nsaspeaker.org forward slash about forward slash NSA dash foundation. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. I'll see you next week when we'll discuss courses and conspicuousness. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.